Hello and welcome to Pressing Matters, a fly-on-the-wall-style podcast about WordPress, business and life. Your hosts are Ian. Hello. And Jack. Hello. Ian's a plug-in author and works for Delicious Brains. And Jack runs better notifications for WP and his web design agency. Let's get on with the show. This episode is sponsored by Fastspring, the full-service e-commerce solution that enables software companies to sell more, stay lean, and compete big. Find out more on fastspring.com. Welcome back to another Pressing Matters episode. It's been a bit of a while since we've done our last one, Jack. How are you doing in between? Yeah, all good, thank you. Yeah, I've been very, very busy. I've been working with a client since um, probably sort of April, May sort of time. And we did. We went through this process of rebuilding their site, converting it from one CMS to WordPress, and then immediately off the back of that, um, it, there was a it was a big priority to migrate the data. And then off the back of that, there was um, a, a huge amount of like kind of uh, redesign and revamping pages and adding in kind of subscriptions and all kinds of stuff just you know normally you have a little gap between these sorts of things but there was no gap so it's been a very intense period of work over moving and I've been kind of doing a lot of stuff to my house at the moment so yeah it's been very very busy and I haven't had a lot of headspace but fortunately uh, you know we're recording this on Friday Um, next week and the following week are uh, half term uh, school half term in the UK so I'm I'm taking a couple of weeks off just to uh, clear my head a bit nice yeah how about yourself yeah i mean similar obviously not at the client work side but we've been doing stuff to the house and it's just been ongoing really ever since i think the um the back end of the school holidays so it's been we've been having stuff on and off ever since then and we're yeah mm-hmm. as you say we're almost in half term so it's been a bit of a a long stint of work which is what housework has kind of and renovations has taken over the concentration on side projects. So I've been just about keeping my head above water for normal work and not really pushed anything else recently um, just mm. because we've been concentrating on stuff on the house. But yeah, half term, I've got a couple of days off as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's loads of been, ha- lots of stuff has been happening in WordPress, you know, in between. Um, mm. I think we last recorded in July, which is pretty bad, but that there's just been just news after news after news with WordPress and it's predominantly been acquisitions but mm-hmm. I thought and you mentioned to me off off air about the the new uh the proposal for a performance team in WordPress mm, that, yeah that is like I guess it's quite a big news at the moment in terms of what that means for the project and and for people's sites um yeah what are your thoughts on that especially from a client site point of view yeah so the site i was just talking about um where we've gone through this process um so the first version um where where we migrated from one cms to another its speed was good you know they've probably got in total about five thousand um items like content items um they kind of it's split between two post types of, of the default post post type and then also articles and they and that's that was absolutely fine <clears throat> with this second body of work we've introduced uh, a, a learning management system so that's learn dash in this case and woocommerce as well for selling subscriptions to um a, a course or course group and we've obviously there's a lot of things that go with that so when you're looking at subscriptions you need to look at other plugins like um user management and for that you please know we're using wp user manager um nice. yeah um, it might have something to do that uh, with the fact that if I have a problem, I, I know the developer and can reach out very easily. <laughs> um, but, Whether or not um, they're responsive or not is another matter. But yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. But um, but you know you you know you want to hide the admin bar. You want to um, lock down certain types of content to subscribers, non-subscribers. Um, you know you need to have your payment gateway. You need to have um, you know WooCommerce itself. And there's only two products kind of set up in WooCommerce, but. Um, you know, and LearnDash has a lot of courses and a lot of content and you start introducing a lot of weight onto a site. I mean, I, I don't know, I, I don't know if, it, if, if everyone else feels this way, but I noticed that if you want to bog down your site instantaneously, install WooCommerce because it's such a big plugin and it does so much that I find that if you just want to slow a site down instantly, you just install WooCommerce. And then once you add in something big as well, like LearnDash, 
and then all the other bits and pieces that need to go on top of that and all the theme functions and everything that goes around you know plugins and everything as well or feature plugin whichever way you want to do it it starts to get quite clunky and that's what we noticed basically the site was uh, you know became immediately slow whilst we were developing it on the sort of staging environment so we've been working around some of the issues around you know trying to find the right balance of plugins to kind of features and what we do need and what we don't need and um, like for example user manager <clears throat> you got kind of bought that all the add-ons for it and you know it's good to install it and see what you've got and then you can kind of pick and choose you think oh, okay that's a nice feature but we don't need that at the moment so you can deactivate that plugin but I think I get the impression that quite a lot of people just kind of they buy it all they install it all they activate it all and then they leave it even if they yeah. don't need it so yeah, yeah. And that that is so, definitely something I've seen with the with selling user manager because if you if you buy the top tier you get all of the add-ons and there's like twelve maybe or something, and people just install them all and then they, yeah. they get errors saying like the they're telling me that the WPML add-on can't be installed because there's an error or the ACF add-on can't be installed because they don't have WPML they're they're just not actually looking at what. Uh, is required for their site. They're just blanketly installing all the add-ons. Um, mm. It's interesting, though, isn't it? Because we always talk about features and add-ons, and the add. I always think it's the add-on model broken for people because it's lots to install, lots of license keys. It's quite hard to upkeep. But actually, mm. you can turn that off if you don't want those features. You you, you don't need to install the add-ons. Whereas if mm -hmm. it was all in a, one pro plugin with all of that inside the code base. You, you know, you can't necessarily turn it off and unless, yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, I've gone off a tangent there. But no, you raise an important point because it it's all to do with performance. It's all to do with, you know, how much loading is done. Even if you have a, like a toggle feature, like say Jetpack does, where you can toggle functions or, you know, modules on and off and everything, there's still going to be something there. It, it's, it doesn't have no effect. It ha still has some effect. Mm. And... That's the, that I think is sort of the, the tip of the iceberg, really. Um, but you know, and this site's not a particularly big site. It's just when you start adding in those big plugins and you start to notice the slowdown. You know, where where do you start from a performance perspective? Do you start looking at okay, how can I make the site as efficient as possible, or do you just throw more resources at it in terms of what your server can provide, um, mm. or do you look for alternative plugins? You know, so there's a huge amount of work that could go into trying to optimize. You know, a site just from a a kind of a plug-in and functionality level in the WordPress admin before you even get to the front end, before even the, the user sees anything. Yeah. And if if this um, proposal for a performance team um, can make an impact on those things, that would be great. Um, it's one of those things where once they announced it, or, you know, and hopefully it does kind of go ahead, once they announced it, I was like, that's great. I'm really pleased they're doing that. And it feels about the right sort of time. But at the same time, I'm a little bit disappointed that it hasn't been suggested earlier in anticipation for something. Because, you know, we, we were always moving towards a point where WordPress was, you know, getting bigger and bigger. And that we've been talking nonstop, particularly in the last sort of two years, I think, about market share increasing and, um, you know, how, how many more sites are kind of, you know, using Gutenberg and, you know, the uptake of that and everything. And it's like, why was this not thought about before? Or maybe it was, and it just never came to anything. Um, mm. But it, regardless of that, it's it would be nice to see this being taken more seriously. You know, um, take taking a look at you know what plugins can do. Maybe offering her a bit more advice in the uh, codex as to how to optimize things, or you know, make suggestions on the way things should be kind of put together so that it sets a good benchmark. Uh, for you know, plugin developers, theme developers to think about performance right from the offset, rather than you know doing things, you know, as they yeah. go or learning as they go or having to revamp huge amounts of their code base after the fact. Yeah, I think I. I mean, it's not fully clear from the announcement on the Make WordPress um, blog post, but mm. you'd you'd think that their performance. Uh, the goals to improve performance are going to be related to the front end primarily, because mm -hmm. that's what they're that's what they're looking at for the performance graphs against CMSs. That's what, um, from an SEO point of view, it's going to be uh, a consideration for users. It's the users of the front end, and mm -hmm. they do talk about the admin editing experiences, um, but it's so difficult to do that because, as you said, Gutenberg's kind of gone gone down the path. 
without necessarily thinking of performance in mind. And if you have a bunch of plugins doing loads of stuff, it can slow down your site and it can slow down your, your admin area. But that's not necessarily like the place you want to, you, you're going to put all your uh, focus to improve performance because at the end of the day, unless you've got a site that is has a, a whole load of users working in the admin all the time and you know a bad performance a bad performance site is going to affect them the majority of people is just it's, it's got to be improved for the front end but mm. yeah I, i'm also just thinking and i think they do they do talk about it that it should be the whole stack but it's all down a lot of it is down to hosting because even mm. if you've got a fast site on a poor host you're still going to have a poor site um mm. and yeah, there's, there's plugins like WP Rocket that add on page caching, which is great, and that works because it will work on any server. Mm-hmm. But then there's sites, the servers that have that built into it. Um, so it's going to be a difficult one to see what you know what areas they're going to actually impact that can then apply to all WordPress sites. You know? Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, the, but the one thing. I would say is that I think the admin matters more than anything because mm. if we're talking about the uptake of WordPress as a CMS, then people are going to be, you know, the the person that downloads WordPress to use it, we're talking about uptake of people, you know, operating sites from WordPress, they're the one going to, that's going to be interacting with WordPress. You know, everyone else, you know, we're talking about, whenever we talk about percentages of, uh, you know, um, how much of the, the web is powered by WordPress, we're talking about the people that run the web. We're not talking about the people that look at the web, you know, because I, I, you know, most people, they don't run websites. They don't have their own website at all. Most of mm. the world's population that access the internet is looking at someone else's website and not running one. So if we're, we, I think it's important to recognize that the percentage of the web is only percentage of people that run websites. And if we're looking at WordPress, they're the people that's going to be operating it. They're the people that's going to be feeling uh, the performance of the WordPress admin. And if that is slow, that is going to have a knock-on effect to the front end. I know the front end is always going to be quicker than the back end the majority of the time, unless you've done something particularly horrible and mm. uh, you know really made a bad theme or something. Um, but most of the time, the WordPress admin is going to be slower in my experience. So anything they can do to improve that, I think is going to improve the front end um, organically. And therefore it's going to be, you know, better for, for everyone. Yeah. And the uptake of WordPress will be be higher. The thing that worries me though, is that the performance aspect is going to take a focus purely on running everything off of JavaScript because that's a big performance gain is that, okay, we drop you know, not drop PHP, but we, you know, we'll drop the um, the kind of the old way of doing things, and we'll kind of move towards this sort of um, decoupled, kind of decentralized CMS where plugins aren't necessarily, a, you know, um, running in the WordPress admin, or they're you know detached, like Gutenberg doesn't operate without the WordPress API and all that sort of stuff. So my worry is that they'll just go down that route rather than trying to improve what they already have, which I feel is like the logical first step. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I think they'll do that, but I agree if they do go down the road of improving what they've got from the admin point of view, I still think that's going to be tricky because Mm. one of the fundamental issues, I think, but it's also, it's an issue, but it's also a good thing is the database structure, the model. You've got all of these, uh, everything pumped into the post table and post meta. Yeah. And every time a plugin registers a post type, it all goes into the post table. And every time, you know, there's metadata around those custom post types, it's all going to the post meta table. Depending on what plugins you use, depending on how many plugins you use, depending on what the post type, if they register post types, depending on the type of data that's saved in those post types, that's going to have a huge impact, can have a huge impact on your admin experience and querying on the front end as well if you're not page cached. So yeah. this is what this is what it makes it hard to understand how low level they're going to get with improvements because mm. you kind of feel like there need to be some seismic changes to the architecture because, mm. you know, as soon as, and I, this is the example I go to time and time again, EDD registers post types and you've got a log post type that 
is every time something happens for that EDD purchase or that EDD download or whatever, that goes into the post table. That creates, depending on the site, depending on how active it is, how many sales it makes, how many times it's downloaded, you know, could be bucket loads of rows in the post table for just for logging. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as you then start to load the post edit screen, it's got to do a WP query on the post table, which is going to be bigger because it's got a load of other junk in it that's not necessarily to do with like the real stuff that a user wants to edit in the admin. Mm-hmm. So the performance, the, the negative performance can be impacted by sort of lots of different things, how many post types, what sort of data it is. Um, mm. And that varies per plugin. Like WooCommerce does the same sort of stuff and it has um, the orders in the post. It just, yeah, I think the data architecture is severely, it, it, it's going to severely hamper performance improvements because it's just going to be at the mercy of what plugins that users have. Mm. And yeah, it's, I don't know. I think I think it's a good thing that they've got the, the team in place and all that, you know, they're proposing it and hopefully we're working towards things incrementally but i don't know yeah this i just i always think as well that the the core code is in need of a good spruce up and you know all of the the functions the massive massive files that you know it doesn't use auto loading and all of this stuff Mm. it's it's all gonna you know you're papering over cracks basically and Mm. it should be I don't know. It should it should just be if you're going to try and improve it, you've got to go from the ground up. But mm. um, anyway, the the big thing for me when we were talking earlier was is the server. And I was going to say to you, you probably well, I did say to you yesterday, I was pretty busy with the ACF, the Advanced Custom Fields dot com migration. Mm-hmm. So we saw we were basically background to this when we took over ACF uh, from this is Delicious Brains. Uh, it, the ACF site was running on SiteGround or SiteGround server that Elliot had been running for uh, for ages, and it, you know it was, it was all good, all good. But you know we run our own sites on DigitalOcean VPSs managed by Spinup WP, and actually mm-hmm. we wanted to you know bring that site also into that um, same sort of stable of sites. So we did the migration yesterday, and actually we're using Amazon LightSail as the VPS um, as an experiment, but it's. Yeah, moved it over to spin up to a server provision with spin up, um, and it kind of went smoothly, which is good. But also, God, it's gone quick. The site is quick now. Like a couple of people have already noticed it. We noticed it, um, and it just, you know, going to a, a, a VPS that, like, I, I, you know, not completely sure what the server situation was with the site ground, but having a dedicated VPS an external database it's got page caching it's got object caching it's kind of tuned for performance mm-hmm. and you can see the benefits already it's ridiculous um so yeah i think i think you've got to consider performance from where you're hosting your site as as the first point but of course that's not something that the wordpress team can help with that's for every person who is hosting sites for themselves or for clients it's you know find a good host find you know um, if you want a managed host, find a really good managed host. If you want to um, have good uh, servers that are provisioned, but you don't necessarily have the cost of managed hosting, then go to somewhere like Spinup WP or you know something similar. Like, to, but but make that your, almost your first priority when you're thinking of I've got a site for a client. I want to make it fast. I want to you know don't just think throw plugins at it. You know think early on in in the process. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. And it sort of comes back around to what I was saying earlier about there could be some decent documentation in the codex or, you know, in a, in a particular area of the WordPress website, you know, more of the public facing version. I don't know about you, but I spend most of my time in the codex. I rarely ever see like the front page of WP.org or like, mm. you know, any of the kind of like the, the salesy part of, you know, WordPress.org or .com or anything. Um and that's the point where I see that you could say, you know, these are the things that you could improve performance on, you know, installing WordPress is one thing, but these are the other things that you should sort of consider when you're building a website uh, or making a website. Um, because ultimately, if you're doing 
getting web uh, WordPress, you're you're building it yourself. You're doing something yourself, whether that's you know using a developer to help you with that or not. Um, you know, where if you go to somewhere like Squarespace, you don't have to worry about you know the hosting or any of that. So I think there's you know you need to make that consideration. I think the WordPress team need to make that consideration um, known uh, that they understand that it's you have to look at it as a bit more of a holistic thing, not just to get some hosting and chuck WordPress onto it. And mm. and like you were saying about the database tables and stuff, I agree. If there's an easy way to create, um, you know, if there's an easy way to to demonstrate to people, look, you're you're got a plug-in idea or you've got a theme or you want to do this want to do that um, if you think you're going to be storing a lot of data if you want to be able to do your own queries that kind of thing consider a custom database table and then you know give give, give that as a performance thing not just a it's a page somewhere in the codex on how to do it but make that suggestion have a page dedicated to those things that might improve uh, how it how it could work i mean uh, you talk about edd i know edd whenever 3.0 was going to come out they're moving towards custom database tables as well. And mm. if you kind of keep track of like the updates and, you know, look at the change logs of that, you'll see slowly they've been moving things out of like PostMeta and WP Post and stuff like that into their own tables, doing migrations on that data, um, you know, and, and making sure it's all working and they've been testing it themselves behind the scenes as well. Mm. So I know that big plugins like that, they've got, they recognize that there is, performance issues with their plugin and they're moving ahead but i think if they were able to you know have some have some guidance that that would definitely help i know it would help from my perspective you know uh, i came up with um developed content notifier last year and that was like my first real kind of appreciation of how many things you could start to put into the database yourself as a plugin developer and i think if i have had some guidance i might have considered a custom database table um, mm. for that and I still might and and migrate the data you know at some yeah. point but um, you know it's I think I think a bit of hand holding wouldn't go amiss as, as a good starting point just some extra pages on the website yeah. yeah the developer community definitely is left to its own devices when it comes to that I don't think the WordPress the WordPress core team kind of cares what happens in the wild west of plugins which it still is really there's no you know best practice guidance that says you're a plugin developer and you want to store some data, you know, process flow kind of what sort of data is it? Does it need to go in a custom post? Does it does it need full editing rights within the admin or does it do you just storing the data? You know, mm -hmm. can consider a custom table for that. And it also doesn't have any code framework. Like register post type is an easy API to, to create a post type and to get all of that goodness. But if there was a one system within WordPress for registering a custom table and perhaps sitting putting the edit um, functionality and in the UI on top of a custom table then great that would be amazing but if you could just say register custom table and these are how you manage updates everybody has to do it their own way and they roll it their own mm. in, in various different ways and I just think the very fact that there isn't a standard approach makes it harder for people to to use that approach because they don't know it's there they just think mm -hmm. register post type that's the way to do it and you know yeah edd i know that 3.0 they're battling with that and and that's just an example because you could still a, a developer creating a site for a client could still install a plugin that does register post type and it could be the wrong type of data that's going in there and then that has mm -hmm. a detrimental effect but yeah it's this I don't know. I feel like every time WordPress moves forward with some things, it just shows how far behind they are in other ways, you know. And it's, yeah, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, it has a knock-on effect, doesn't it? I mean, you know, it, it, people they come to WordPress and they go, "Oh, WordPress is so slow," and the core team go, "It's not slow. WordPress is not slow." And it's like, how many plugins you got installed? You've got like sixty plugins. Ah, oh, that'd be the problem. It's like, well, then you're just blaming plugin developers you know that for the problem but like you see if it's the wild west and there's no right or wrong way to do anything and you've given this guidance people are going to think wordpress is slow people are going to think wordpress themes are slow um yeah. so i think you know it yeah i'd be interested to see how how it goes and what their um first points of action will be and and how quickly they are to to do something um mm -hmm. I'd, i yeah We'll have to see. It's an interesting. It's an interesting topic. It's uh, and yeah, hopefully it will provide some good, 
some good stuff for the long term. Yeah, and it's obviously quite still far off, really, because this is a proposal for a team, really, isn't it? It's not yeah. the, the team hasn't been got yet, and it hasn't actually got any um, agenda or or first steps. This is this is like thinking about thinking about doing something, you know. Yeah, but it's good because it starts the conversation. And, you know, like us right now, we're talking all about those things. What could they do? What could they not not do? And, you know, just that in itself is enough to get people amped up and excited and, you know, um, more people to say, yeah, we want a team. And, you know, uh, the more people talk about it, the faster it moves. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed, I think. Yeah. Um, the, the first time I, think- I heard about it, sorry, um, hmm. was, I think... Used, uh, juiced, juiced, the the man behind Yoast, uh, with a poorly my poorly um, pronunciation there, but he, he put it in the post data Slack, and I assume that he is part of that team proposal. And I just 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 struck me that obviously Yoast itself went through. We're talking about busy acquisitions and busy WordPress world at the moment. It went through its own acquisition not that long ago, and it was um, sold to Newfold Digital. And part of that, the team are then being able to have more time to do things and work on the product, but also work on WordPress core. So that's kind of almost just an aside to this. It's a nice, um, it, it's a by a good positive byproduct of an acquisition where most people see acquisitions and think, "Ugh, this product is going to be ruined by X host, or this is going to be this is going to go." down the pan whatever and the people are just selling out but actually it sounds like um juiced is is getting the bandwidth to do stuff and mm. make an impact to core so yeah i just thought that was worth mentioning especially absolutely yeah we've got acquisitions to talk about yeah quite yeah and the larger these companies are and become and you know um uh you know coming on to acquisitions you know like awesome motive and everything they're big companies and they're companies built entirely around wordpress well for the most part anyway and um yeah if they rely on it that heavily they've got a bit more oomph to be able to say you know we use this all the time every day we you know we're a big company we're you know x many hundred people um performance is an issue let's talk about it and uh, i think that, that's 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 not a bad thing. It's not a bad yeah, thing. So. Exactly. It, it benefits everybody, doesn't it? Because yeah, they have a they have a massively vested interest in WordPress. Yeah, and it's their business. So what? Yeah, why would they not try and put resources to try and um, and help it and improve it? And you know, there's going to be a point where the this ever growing market share of the web that everyone keeps touting actually declines and stuff needs to be done about that so yeah the fact that these these big companies are doing are helping it is a it's only a good thing but it's also interesting Mm. i always think that um going back to the edd as a whole the sandhills development um suite of products being acquired by automotive like automotive is a big company and we know them as a big company with big products that they own and and you know a big team or whatever but they're completely different really to the rest of the hosts that are the people who are going crazy with the rest of the acquisitions and buying up big things like newfold digital is you know venture capitalist group that's that's bought other hosts and it's a big conglomerate but we've got stellar wp that's liquid web which is a host you've got wp engine that did quite a few acquisitions early on in the mm-hmm. gutenberg days and mm-hmm. those are big companies that are that you know they're funded not just by uh, their their customers but also motive it is like it's bootstrapped effectively it's just just bootstrapped on a bigger level because of you know the marketing machine that is um the, all of their sites like did you read alex dennings dive into the marketing machine behind it and he i think he wrote it on the ellipsis blog um I'm normally there. pretty up to date with um, Alex's stuff, actually. But the last couple of weeks, I've I've just got it saved to pocket to read later. Yeah. Um, but um, but I did see I did see the headlines. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, where is that? I can't seem to find it. it maybe maybe been on his blog. But yeah, it was just an interesting look at like the power of their um, their network of their sites and how they you know they they market incredibly well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's. 
they're still a big company, but as much as it's great to see them sort of effectively bootstrapped, but I, I don't know. We're both EDD users. How are we feeling about the that acquisition and the future of the of a vital piece of software that runs our business? You know, or we run our business yeah. on. <clears throat> it's interesting. So. Uh, just going back for a moment, when I started Better Notifications and was uh, looking to sell add-ons and add-ons were in development, I was obviously investigating what options I had and there was EDD or there was WooCommerce. And at the time, I thought WooCommerce was a little bit behind in terms of its sort of downloadable content stuff. So I ended up going with uh, EDD because I thought it'd be a better option. It felt like it was more, you know, uh, a plugin uh, developed for plugin developers, if you see what I mean. And um, I, I, I don't regret that. That was really good. However, um, I feel like the pace has slowed somewhat over the last couple of years. I feel, yeah. and, and that might not be the case, might be the behind the scenes, they're beavering away on it. And that's great. But I haven't really seen a huge amount of um, new features. They've been doing a lot of stuff like, you know, taking in old... Um, the buying back in the third party kind of extensions at one point, you know, yeah. um, consolidating things, looking at all access passes, um, doing a lot of development around their own kind of business rather than um, and consolidating that and getting an idea and a feel for, for the community around EDD, I feel, over pushing out kind of the updates that I think people are kind of crying out for. I mean, 3.0, I remember reading about that, I think when I was first, first started selling uh, better notification add-ons I was interested in like the graphs the reports the performance like what was going on how oh, how do yeah. I make it better that kind of thing and the reports were pretty basic and there was a thing that came out around the same time that said reports going to be good because we can do our own queries we've got our own database tables blah, blah, blah. and I was like that's amazing that was years ago now years and years and years ago and I'm like well, where is it and I know mm. that they're working on it but it feels like I wish they hadn't said anything <laughs> because yeah. I feel like it's it's made it worse. It's made me think, well, if it's never coming or it's taking this long, maybe I should look for something else. And um, having sort of done a few WooCommerce sites in the last sort of year and a half, um, I'm sort of, you know, considering that as something to reinvestigate and see if it'd be a better fit because WooCommerce in comparison is a steam train constantly developing and pushing out pretty big updates, at least that's what it looks like to me uh, when yeah. I go to install updates from from them. Yeah, I don't think that per, from my point of view, there's any perfect answer to this or perfect solution because WooCommerce, no, no. I agree, feels like it's got more traction. They've got a subscriptions um, add-on. They've got a software add-on. You know, it's much more focused to digital goods than it used to be, which is why EDD flourished in the first place. Mm -hmm. But then WooCommerce is still, it's not serving just the digital people so you kind of you're going to get either updates that are purely for things that we don't want and you know potential to break things and have compatibility issues um and and when i think now if i start a new plugin if i if i start a new plugin i'm really torn what i would do you know edd is just something that is easy because i know it but and it's self-hosted mm. you know as in like compared to other things like Gumroad or or whatever, or Fastspring, our lovely host, our lovely sponsor even, that there are, you know, hosted solutions for e-commerce. But mm -hmm. with EDD, I can still easily make changes and filter, hook into filters actions and do what I want to do. But then, yeah, I, I totally agree with you where I feel that their development has stalled somewhat and they aren't pushing the product. And, and maybe that's a case of just, you know, it's not that it wasn't their only product. Sandhills development was focused probably for the last few years quite heavily on affiliate WP, which you know we, mm -hmm. it's it's not a secret because looking at Pippin's year, very transparent year in review post, that was the money maker really. That had out outdriven the revenue of EDD. EDD was had, had a bit of a slump for a couple of years. So what you know, of course they're going to pump more resources into something that is their sort of flagship product in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I hesitate. I would hesitate to to know what to use. Like, I, you know, um, I don't know if you've heard of it too much, but Gilbert Pellegrom, who used to work for Delicious Brains, has gone off, and he's joined forces with 
Ormond Clark and J.R. Farr and mm-hmm. uh, other Jason Shuler, other people within sort of the community to build Lemon Squeezy, which is mm-hmm. effectively, you know, it's it's a gum road. It's a it's a it's everything. It does subscriptions. It does leads, but it also will have a WordPress component. And I'm kind of looking at that and thinking because I know Ross Wintle, who's just joined Delicious Springs, is is using it to sell a plugin and you know a Google a, a Chrome extension that that seems to be a good thing to try but then mm-hmm. it's new that it's it does perhaps doesn't have all the features I would want it's early days you know I want to make sure it has lifespan before you start changing migrating your you know user base mm. or your e-commerce sites to it so it's just I don't know there is, literally is no perfect solution to you know to 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 decide on if I was to start today um mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, you know, you, you could if you picked EDD or you picked WooCommerce, that neither one would be wrong. They both would do the same job. Um, you know, it, it, I think it, it really depends on your particular use case, as to most of these things. But I think it's when we're talking about you, your particular use case, it'll boil down to other things that integrate with that. So, for example, WooCommerce. I, I'm pretty sure that if I was doing it from scratch, I would either choose something like Fastspring, which takes care of everything for me. Tax um, as well. And tax. So it's a big squeezy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or probably WooCommerce. And I say WooCommerce over EDD only because of the sheer volume of integrations and add-ons and extensions that you can purchase or download for free from everywhere versus what you can get for EDD these mm. days. When I started, WooCommerce was, well about three or four years old at that point. So for me, and again, the sort of the focus was still more on EDD. It was it was more or less a no brainer. I just looked and I was like, okay, well, that's pretty straightforward a decision actually. But less so these days, I think, especially with, um, you know, more things coming out like Lemon Squeezy and, and so on. Um, mm. It's good actually. It reminds me, there was a uh, an e-commerce um, solution. I don't know if it, I think it was self-hosted called Lemon Stand. I don't know if it's still around, but um, oh, right, I remember yeah. that being around a long time ago um so yeah it's uh yeah it'd be interesting to see what happens with thing things like that as well but you know where they're decentralized but has this word, wordpress kind of component that'd be good and i suppose you know more things might pop up like that i suppose the wordpress api has made that more accessible the sort of move to more of a javascript front end makes that a bit more accessible a bit more easy to integrate into things so yeah i'd be yeah. interested to know what happens there but um yeah yeah but the thing, the talking about the cost and stuff, because I think we we've, we've definitely talked about it on the podcast before in terms of, like, is it cheaper to go self-hosted and buy extensions? And then, you know, you, you're still only paying the payment processing fee from Stripe or PayPal. Or is it better to go to somebody like Fastspring or Lemon Squeezy or wherever where they're the merchant of record, they take the tax, a freemius as well, uh, and you pay a higher percentage to them but you don't need to buy anything else. You don't need to go and buy another add-on or do this add-on or whatever because you're paying a monthly fee and then you pay the percentage. Like, mm-hmm. What's better from a cost point of view? And the reason why I'm just thinking this as well is that the uh, the EDD pricing page has changed recently, as you would imagine, as they've, they've you know, gone to the... Uh, uh, the they've gone to the all-access... Uh, the, the sort of the awesome motive... Uh, style of pricing pages with very very hard, almost half price introductory prices that then it, you know increase on renewal which mm-hmm. you know we do at delicious brains but it's almost like $50 difference rather than you know a 50% difference because i'm just checking out how much like are you on an all access pass or i i have got an all access pass yeah yeah so what is your what was your normal renewal cost because it's before the I had it through recently actually yeah before the acquisition i'm sure that cost would have been 499 uh, i think it was whilst, whilst you're doing that i'm going to check my email because i had a um a, 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 a hey we're going to renew this month email so please hold yeah up. and but it looks like that's gone up to like a thousand pounds yeah 499 and that's what you paid originally, and that's what. Hang on. Yeah. Where's my purchase history for mine as well? Um. Yeah. So that's 
I, I like there's there's not been any hang on where what was I on? We oh we renewed at two nine nine actually, what's that for? View invoice. Professional pass actually, sorry. So I So the I'm, professional pass was two nine nine and now that's five nine nine. Yeah. Now I don't know if this applies to digital products, but I know for a fact that in the UK, if you sell something with like a strike through on the old price and your new discounted price is this, you have to have sold that product at that price for an amount of time before that. And I don't know what the amount of time is. I'm mm. pretty sure it's something like one week, a couple of days, whatever it might be. You had to have sold it at that price. Now, I don't know if that applies to digital products. And I don't know if that applies to products that are just sold to the UK as opposed to products that are um you know uh, where the company is based elsewhere but mm. um i don't know it just feels a bit dishonest to me i mean actually <laughs> i mean just look at the all access pass is 50 cents more expensive um and i'd be interested to know whether or not those are sale prices or whether yeah their initial renew, sale, their up. initial purchase prices because it does have that you know th this is something we do as well like it's the introductory price get you in the door and then re renew at a higher price like not necessarily as high but um uh, it says further down locking your pricing by keeping your subscription active if you decide to cancel you so you do extensions blah, 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 blah so then if you go to renew i guess you would just have to um you know you would renew at the higher higher rate and i suppose you'll catch some people that way but anyone that wants to save like half the price then you would just sign up again surely hmm yeah, and actually, I was just looking at our thing. We will still keep on the old pricing. We won't. So we put we we bought the professional pass for two nine nine, and it's going to renew at that they, that sort of grandfathered in basically because that's just the way EDD subscriptions, I guess, work unless you do some other stuff to it. But the mm -hmm. professional, if I bought the professional pass today for two nine nine, which is the price we've been paying every year, first year is two nine nine, and then next year it'll be five nine nine, which you know that's. It's it, it's part and parcel of acquiring a company, isn't it? You tweak things, you change things, you make improvements to the marketing, to the to the pricing. This is you know stuff that I did for user manager, not not quite so aggressively, but knowing the automotive team and the automotive products, this is exactly what they do, and and it works. Like uh, there is no there's no um, negative there. It's just a case of it's pretty expensive <laughs> from an end user point of view. Um, it is, yeah, and it, it, it's interesting what you say about um, is it better to you know have something take care of everything for you? Now, if you went for someone like Fastspring, you wouldn't necessarily, <clears throat> if you're looking for a particular feature, WooCommerce might have it in the form of a third-party extension, but Fastspring won't have it, and you'd have to have it kind of built in or you know custom developed or you know see if they'll you know put it on their roadmap or whatever it might be. I think for me being a developer i would always go with self-hosted because mm. i like to fiddle i like to tinker with stuff i like to take control of it i like to be able to you know um run things off of uh, filter you know through filters and you know actions and send things off to other you know apis and all that sort of stuff i think there's more scope for that if you self-host things but if you just want a hands-off kind of you know i want tax taken care of i want fees taken care of i know i paid this per month and that's what I'm getting. Then someone like Fastspring, Fastspring in particular, only because you know, having spoken to a lot of people at Fastspring and and you know, kind of looked around it and all that sort of stuff, we know how good a product that actually is. So mm. um, yeah, I think something like that would be very very useful. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, yeah, it's going to be just going back to the EDD pricing. It'll be interesting to see how that goes because I do feel like, and I'm just trying to scan the previous year in review post from Pippin, but. I, I do remember a year in review post that specifically talked around they'd raised prices for EDD. They kind of had a backlash and they felt like they'd reached a ceiling of how much they could charge uh, and maybe then, uh, you know, tweaked it and got that sweet spot, which is what it was pre the awesome motive acquisition. So effectively now introducing a double cost, you know, uh, at renewal is going to go go back on that, and I'll just be interested to see how that what that what that makes a difference for people going forward. Because you know, 
the re renewals are quite important when it comes to things like EDD software because it's running your business. So you want to keep up to date, but not at double the price of the existing price. Like it's not as if it's not as if they've reduced the price going forward for the first purchase. It's it's that's the same, and then then they've hiked it up. So goodness, yeah, that will be interesting to see how that works. I mean, as a marketing tactic, it must work because I, I don't know. I think Alex was perhaps pondering this in his article, but. Do we? Do they just have a massive amount of churn, and is that fine because they've got everybody in the door anyway at the full price, and it's it feels like it's attractive, so they've got more people in at the full price. I'm not really sure how how it works out, or people are just so locked into renewals, or you're they're pretty aggressive with like oh you've cancelled or you haven't renewed, get a discount, and you know then you get you're still paying more for renewal, but you're paying less than you thought you would. So you, you think it's a good deal because they've given you a discount, but actually they've mm. still got more money out of you. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, it is interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know that I pay the, I, I've got the all access one because the um, combination of extensions that I wanted and needed um, ongoing. And, and I sort of started off with just like the odd one or two and then added to them slowly. And I realized if I convert all this to an all access, I save money. So that's the reason mm. why I did it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and it pays for itself relatively quickly as well. But I think when you start pricing it too high, you start to encourage people to look elsewhere. And yeah. there are, in my opinion, as we sort of said, there are more options out there now. There At least now. there is yeah. from when I started, you know, uh, the Better Notification Store. So, um well, yeah. th this is it, though. I mean, I don't want to be the person that complains about prices of things because, you know, I sell things for high price and I expect people to pay it. But if you were buying it today, the All Access Pass, you'd be spending four nine nine today, which is what you're paying now every year. But next year, you'll be spending nine nine nine, And is that acceptable to you? Like, you know, you say it pays for itself, but does it pay for itself at nine nine nine? And does it does that feel comfortable to you? Like... You know, I, I yeah. I suppose like... there's some ambiguity around how they word that because they say if you if you keep an active active subscription, you're locking yourself in um, to that pricing. But where it does it say, say that? Whether... Actually, it's yeah. it's below in the sort of the FAQs, the two columns of FAQs. But it's not, I don't think it's clear to me whether you're locking in the pricing that you're paying today, or whether you're yeah, as in the the discounted version, or whether you're locking in the pricing that you're paying today, as in you're paying for the discount version now. But the price that you see, the main price, that's the one that you're locking in. If so, it'd be yeah, nine nine yeah. nine one. I I think that's that's it's that case because the the star against you, what you save it says special introductory pricing. All renewals are at full price. So right. yeah, if you don't if you if you cancel if you pay four nine nine today and you cancel uh, halfway through the year, it would have renewed at nine nine nine, but it won't because you cancelled. But then in a year's time, if they've increased their prices and you go to renew, you'll renew at the new full price. I think that's the thing. But yeah, but then, you know, a thousand pounds a year for all that software. It's, I don't know. It's hard to take when it was already 500 pounds, 500 dollars. But yeah, it's as well, you know, you have to think that I use all that software. Um, you know, mm. we use every single part of it. I don't. I. 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 I would wager that there's nobody out there that uses every single add-on. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't anyway because you know you'll have one payment gateway. You don't have like all the payment gateways, for example. So, um, mm. yeah, even even the people that use the most amount of them, I can't imagine there's there's people that use. I don't know, maybe fifty percent of the add-ons that they're buying. So, but it's it's always good. It, it, that's that's what you do, don't you? You know, you you always want if you get all of it that's an attractive thing in itself isn't it you get i get access to everything that's what people want i mean that's like you know netflix and stuff you get all this access and it's like well how how, how many things are you really going to watch you know exactly. you won't watch it all you'll just watch some of no. it or like when the new things come out or you you sign up for like the recommendations it gives you after you've watched something and it gets an idea of who you are you know so it's paying for that access access is the thing you pay for all yeah. access yeah it's a it's a market employee isn't it i think that's the thing because you won't use it all but you think you get everything and it's good but 
anyway, I'm you know I'm not hating on EDD. I'm not hating on automotive. I think it it it's just it's a tricky situation. I think I find myself in because I'm selling the same type of I'm selling software in with sometimes the same techniques, but I'm also a customer of, of EDD, and you know yeah. I want to have my cake and eat it, but it's yeah. As long as I'm locked in at the current pricing, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it'd be good. I I just hope that the um, EDD as a company, Sandhills has always been a very approachable company. Um, you know, we're both members of Postatus, and you know, um, Pippin's always very approachable, and as are the other uh, guys that are on Sandhills as well. And it just, I hope that that kind of small company essence. Uh, yeah. independent company essence still comes through um, and it's not going to be a fill out a form, fill out a form, which is what WooCommerce have done. Obviously, fill out the form, someone will get in touch, all that sort of stuff. And there's this less personable kind of thing. And I'm not talking about, you know, uh, asking for priority help through, uh, you know, uh, some kind of VIP subscription thing that is like post status or anything. I'm just talking about being able to talk to them, say, hey, I'd just like to talk to you about EDD or, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. there, there is there is that. And uh, it, they, that's, that's going to be interesting to see how that kind of goes as part of the acquisition thing. Yeah. Well, do you know what, to their credit, I mean, I did post in the post data Slack channel the other day about issues with re recurring uh, renewal emails that were getting dropped off on my site. And you know, the person that replies to me is Chris uh, Klosowski. Klo I'm butchering names today. But, he, you know, he is now the, the president of Easy Digital Downloads. He's he's running that division for Automotive. And he replied mm -hmm. to me on Slack. So, you know, I've spoken to Chris before and he's a really nice guy. And But it's nice to see that continuing still. And, you know, as part and parcel of product and making sure, you know, you're looking after customers from all different channels. But... Um, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I hope it stays, it stays like it was. Yeah. Anyway, dude, it's been uh, it's been good to catch up. Obviously, been too long in between, and hopefully, we won't be so long. Um, but yeah, have a good couple of weeks off from from next week. I will. Thank you. Yeah, got a few more weeks of um, full on house stuff, and then uh, it calms down a bit. I'm taking a proper proper break from all the house things because, as you alluded to earlier, if you've got house stuff or kind of project managing building stuff that's going on it removes all of your headspace for anything else that you also do on the side like yeah. developing and sort of maintaining plugins and things and that has definitely been the thing that's been neglected so i'm really looking forward to seeing all of this through having a little break seeing that through and then being able to kind of release some plugin updates and stuff before the end of the year so yeah yes yeah, i think it's uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to having a break so yeah and i hope you do too yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, definitely have a few days off, and yeah, we'll be we'll be um, back ready to chat again afterwards. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sort of. Uh, well, November, I guess. Now, yeah, mad. The year is flying by. It is. Cool, dude. All right. Well, yeah, nice to chat as always, and uh, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you again on another Pressing Matters episode. Cool. Thanks, Ian. Speak soon.